Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Dooms and the Don'ts. We're starting with today, Recaps Insecure. And today we're recapping Season 5, Episode 6. A lot happened, and of course we have the one and only Jay Hall joining us shortly. So stay tuned, grab something to sip on, and we'll get started very, very shortly. So hopefully you had a chance to watch uh, this evening's episode. Alright, so Jay's here, so I'm about to add him now. You. Hey, Jay. How are you? I'm good. Let me turn this around. There we go. Hey. Hey. One second. I'm trying to uh, pin the the note. It'll let me join. All right. All right. So we're recapping Insecure, uh, season six, episode five, six, episode six. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's a lot going on. Let me get it together. Uh, all over the place was the the language Nathan gave um, Issa. So I, I had a lot of thoughts. But A, let me just say, you were right, like from jump. Um, I know. Wait, 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 wait. I was right? What was I right about? Right. About so, what? You have been talking this entire series. We've been doing the recaps about how there are always consequences to your decisions. Like, there's always consequences, and you can't avoid it. And it just is what it is. And so, today, those consequences begin to, like, come to a head. You know what I'm saying? And they actually use the language that you use about having those consequences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it put... The whole thing was about the decisions that you make, you know, uh, whether it was right or wrong. But if you made that decision within that time, you have to live with that decision. And so we saw very early Issa's imagination was really running away with it. We're used to seeing Issa's imagination play with her like once in one scene. But this one, she could not let go. Right. And even though you are with a man and you are sitting in this seat your brain is elsewhere. Mind you, we have to understand, Issa doesn't know what we know, right? She doesn't right. know what their relationship is. And for what we know, we don't know, right? We, right, that's she, right. That, she just saw that image of that Black family, and she is just, she can't control herself. And now she has to live. And when Condola, the imagination of her, shows up and says that you delivered him to me, that's her instincts, and that's how she feels, you know, talking to her. And that's such a real emotion, because I feel like so many women have felt like they have uh, cultivated a man, raised a man, <laughs> upgraded a man, only for the next woman, a person, a partner, to benefit. You know what I'm saying? It's very frustrating. And I think, you know, it kind of just really goes to the title, where how that makes you feel so insecure, um, and how her insecurities are still haunting her, you know, to this day. Yeah, and the thing is, I never really understood that. It's probably because I'm a man and it's a blind spot, you know, of you being upset that someone is going to run off with someone else or you're like, yo, they're going to go off and they're going to get married. Because I'm like, well, if you was done with the person, you was done with the person. It shouldn't matter yeah. what their actions are, you know, afterwards. 
because you know i admit you know as a guy a lot of times we don't necessarily think that or not a lot of us i would say think that where we're like really no nah, man because you know more it's more like a um unfortunately unfortunately you got one half of men who might think it's a conquering thing. So mm. their ego won't let that part sit. It's like, well, I had this individual. I had this woman. The other um, part of men, they both are going to keep it inside. The other part of the man is going to feel like, well, guess what? Um, you know, I'm better off. I'm going to use this to move forward in that sense. I'm going to be strong and stuff like that. So it's, it's one of those things, but you don't hear a lot of conversation, I would say, amongst a tribe of men. With all the conversation we have of like, I had this woman and I took her from here to here and now she's living better than how, or she's living that. They don't normally admit that out loud. I'm not saying what men don't feel. But do but do men go into the thing like, I, mm, I think- Do they what? Do, I, I would just, I would What's the say, question? I, I didn't hear the question. What's the question? You said do men what? Do men upgrade women? Like, you know, just- <laughs> In general, like well, it depends maybe. on how you. Yeah, it depends, on, it so. depends on how you look at it. It depends on how you look at it because you might not look at it as an upgrade. Mm. They're going to look at it as an upgrade. You understand? So, yeah. like for me, if you, for example, if your wife is Angela Bassett, there's no more of an upgrade for me. I'm like that was the Halle Berry. I'm like. You know, what I'm, right, I'm looking. I'm looking at it like, yo, that's everything you can want, right? But um, it seems like a lot of men, when they go from one, it seems like the next woman they had has like doesn't have as much as the next one, but they they almost seem happier. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I think that might be subjective. Yeah, I think I, that the more, I, I do think that the more freedom a man has, the more we see his truth. What he deals with when he's not able to have a bunch of freedom and a bunch of choices versus what he has when he has a lot of freedom, lots of choices. I think you see his real truth. That's really deep. That's I, I absolutely agree with that, and I think that kind of applies probably to both, but definitely for for me and black men specifically. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, there's, there's no question about it. But you do hit that conversation. I mean, I've heard it with my homegirls. Uh, like I've been with this guy for five years. And, you know, I don't want him to go and get married to the next girl. Or my last man, that's what he did. I mean, I've dated women where they were still dealing with that, where the, they hear that their boyfriend is now married. And now here I am coming along. And it's not a fun thing to do. So <laughs> it's it's a lot of that going on. So I think Issa did it in a playful way. Right. But that's a real, that's a a real, real thing. It's a real feeling. I, I absolutely agree. And um, and then I think to you, just kind of to the point of like trying to wrestle, you know, what is your truth? And I think that's kind of what both Issa and Molly like had to address this this episode. And I thought it was um, really well done. Um, I thought the comedic scenes were a little over the top, but, you know, I, you know, I appreciated the sentiment that they were trying to drive home for sure. Um I think for me with Issa, it felt so. I'm not sure if I'm still. I'm I'm still a fan of Nathan, but Issa hasn't found her footing in that in that relationship. I'm not sure if it's her fault or if it's Nathan's fault. You know what I'm saying? Or is it both their faults? 
I think what we're seeing is an example of two people that just because you had the same personality don't mean you should be together. Ooh. And I'm wishing for them because I told you I've I've saw that relationship grow. So I'm not so pro Lawrence that I'm anti late Nathan. But right. I do feel like they both have issues with confrontation. Ooh. And that was in the last scene, right? Like, you know, she was like, Well, you're yeah. avoiding it and then he was like, All right, let's have the conversation and then she was like, Let's get this. Like right. you either want to have the conversation or you don't want to have the conversation. You know? Yeah. And we saw that with Nathan in the barbershop. Like, he doesn't deal with direct confrontation. It, it, I want to get it clear. It doesn't mean Nathan is scared. Some right. people just I don't think, deal I with... He was scared. I, I no, that some people like, don't deal with confrontation well. Right. And I, I, I don't think... I think for, for what I saw from that scene with the barber was that he doesn't have too much of a middle ground. So we know, like, when we first met Nathan, what, season two, season three, um, in the lift, the party lift, um, that, you know, when he was defending Issa, this person he just met, like, he ended up punching this guy because he didn't, like, um, put out the, the weed or whatever. And right. I feel like, so with Nathan, his temperament is that, hey, I cannot handle... You know, I don't know what I'm going to do when I hit 10, so I'm going to just fall back. You know, that resonates with me a lot, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of can see that. I, I kind of can see that, but I can also see the faults in it, too, because yeah. it, it causes you... That situation with the barber could have just been handled just like that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it didn't have to be a big ordeal. It could have been like, hey, bro, I did it, and you moved on. It doesn't always have to be the standoff. Now, it does lead to this whole bipolar thing that you know when the dude caught him bipolar and right. it makes you want to wonder like okay was that was that like a uh, public knowledge was that right. supposed to be a secret that someone told either way it goes nathan shut down right right isa shut down and they both are the same when it come in that they do this little shutdown thing and i gotta tell you like i don't know if that can it can't work like that somebody that has to be the yeah somebody has to be the individual to be like you know, let's let's go across this line, this finish line together. And it doesn't seem like right now, as much as we saw their characters evolve, it doesn't seem like neither one of them are the type to do that. Yeah, I agree. And I really uh, felt Nathan's uh, response at the end where he's basically like, you know, you've been inconsistent, you know, and, I, and, I, and Issa pulls back and she's still, you know, even in her mind, it's still going back and forth between him and Lawrence. And it's really hard to say I'm going to be all in when, you know, Nathan needs to be, feel secure in, in this space too. And I don't think he's gotten that validation he needs as well. And thank you for saying that because I think that's the part that everybody was missing last week when she said, I, I love you. And Nathan, quote unquote, verbally didn't say it back. Um, a lot of times with women, not all, of course, but some women, they feel like if I say I love you, that's it. That's the final thing, right? And they forget about all the other things that they did. Nathan is still holding on and remembering all those other things that you did. So it's kind of like, okay, you said you love me. You probably do, but I don't know. I need, to what you just said, Charlotte, I need more security to feel like this relationship can be something that can be fluent where I can say I love you back and you can say you love me or whatever. But I think sometimes with men and women, right, like women have been conditioned to just, if I just say I love you and I just present myself, mm 
then nothing else, everything else should be cool. Men feel like as long as I do this duty, you know what I mean? I show up like a man, everything else is cool. Like what you had pointed out two episodes ago, when Lawrence just felt like all he had to do was show up. Yep. And I feel like both sexes can be um, guilty of that at times. It's a different type of show up. But I think both of them can be guilty of that. And for me, that's what that display. Like, Issa probably feels like, I said I love you. That's what men want to hear. So I should be fine. And Nathan is like, yo, <laughs> this is only a day and a half of this. But we got about two and a half years of you doing this. Right. So I love you alone is not going to cut it. I agree. And I, I still go to the fact that, you know, Nathan has shown, like, he, what he said. Like, you know how I feel about you. Like, what, why are you why why are you making this an issue? Um, Red said he wanted to be told he was right when he said Issa don't like him for real. Okay, Red, you got it. Ah uh, man, it I'm going I'm not gonna lie to you. It looks scary. It does. It does. It, it does. It, I mean, I can't. I, I can't so say. Awkward. I can't say Red. I mean, I don't know if I want to call it an overreach because right now. It looks like Nathan might have been the safe choice. So crazy, though. It's so crazy. <laughs> and I know Nathan, I know it's been some team Nathans out there, but it's looking like Nathan was a safe choice. And it's looking like one or of the situations of that. A backup. That's what it felt like. What's the difference between a backup and a safe choice? You were saying? I think safe is like, oh, you know. This person does everything. She checks the boxes for me. He checks the boxes for me. So I'm going to go with this, whether there's a strong emotional connection or not, right? Um, I think she was her first choice at, at the juncture where she had came into her own is, is Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I okay. think she only redirected from the path she was on with Lawrence after he got Condola pregnant. Yeah. That's real. And knowing that he's now back in LA. She felt and... some type of way. Why is she on his Instagram? <laughs> and it's also the same thing she kind of felt with the bank teller um, in the sense that you're seeing Lawrence make these from, from afar make these choices that you feel like he couldn't make for you. Like, you're That's seeing true. Lawrence play this adult thing with someone else. So he moved to L.A. And you can say, and she's probably not thinking this for her son, but she's like, yo, he he's back in L.A. He did this to be with her. Like, she's drawing all these conclusions. And that's another thing that needs to be tackled of how we create these narratives in our head. Not even just, like, a paragraph. We're talking about novels. A whole... A movie, yo. <laughs> a whole series, yo. A single speck of information, but you know, it just really comes back to these choices that you that you brought up, and I think it's really important because Lawrence was still available to her even after he got Condola pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Lawrence showed up for her prior to us finding out that Condola was pregnant. He was being all in. He was the man that she finally wanted. He was you know, present, he was proactive, he was, you know, taking initiative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I don't know if that's the right or wrong, you know what I'm saying? But if that, 
if if she's if it's gonna be haunting her her entire life, or you know, while she's trying to navigate these relationships, then she should have at least gave it, I guess, more of a try. She tried, but she didn't want to try. But I think she was more like, it, I'm not sure if that's what she wanted. Is what I'm trying to say. You you know what it remind me of when me and you was binging the season. Remember that real short scene when Lawrence was talking to his father, and his father was like you kids just don't want to put in the work. Ooh. And that, like, and so regardless of what choice you feel like Issa should be, whether you feel like she should be with Nathan or whether you feel like she should be with Lawrence, there does seem to be a reluctancy to want to put in work. And I'm... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to say, like, anybody who might hear this might say, well, what about the fact that she, she paid rent and Lawrence's depression... You putting up with something is not putting at work. Okay. It's not the same thing. It can look it, but it's not the same thing. I mean, listen, I've been guilty of feeling that way, too. I've been guilty of if you fix a car only when your car is, is giving you problems. That's not taking care of your car. Yes, when sir. I go get my oil changed and they're always telling me this list of things that my car can need for service, you know what I say? Just keep the oil changed, right? <laughs> but if my car starts breaking down, that's on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not putting in work, like investing in my car, that my car has a long, uh, me and my car have a long like time together, whatever case, right? And there seems to be a reluctancy of actually putting in work. Nathan is going, that relationship is going to need work. Yeah. The, the, the choice to be with Lawrence was going to require work. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. You can't do work thinking it's going to be some sort of instant gratification about it. You don't know if the work you would have put in with Lawrence would have caused Lawrence to move back. You right. don't know that, right? So right. you can't do it based upon this theory that if you ain't going to get what you want right then and there, then all of a sudden it's like, well, it, it's going to be some work. And listen, work don't always have to be this mental labor, this, oh, I'm tired or anything like that. Right. Work can be fun. Like, you know, me and you got yeah. a mutual couple that we love. They've been together damn near two decades. And they'll tell you right now, it ain't work. But I do feel like they've been putting in work, but they've been putting in joyful work. Like, work is not always this, like, head, ice pack, arguing. It is patience, virtue, loving, waiting, conversation, and all of that. And it seems to be none of that when it comes to Issa in her choices of if you were going to be with Nathan, you're going to be Lauren. It seemed like you wanted it to be presented to you. Like, Molly kind of fell into that same trap. And I think what we're seeing from Molly, right, to kind of pivot to her, is this kind of, you can't work, you can't control everything. Yeah, which is beautiful. Right? But, but to that to that point, what I will give Issa credit for is that she has pivoted to actually showing up and doing the work with Molly and understanding that she has to be present and invest in that relationship for it to grow. And um, I think we are seeing the fruits of that, that Molly's beginning to trust Issa um, in a way we haven't seen ever because Issa has not been trustworthy, you know, in that friendship. Thank you! <laughs> Before, with big stuff, with heavy stuff, right? With heavy stuff, yes. With heavy stuff, yes. And, and Molly really needs Issa to be, you know, a stable crutch for her right now. And Issa is showing up and being yeah. present and, and, and doing that. And I think so much so it subconsciously, I think, allows Molly to, like, go into this, you know, work atmosphere and, like, let her guard down and party and get drunk and who knows what she did with Torian. Um, 
And so I think there's something there to like, I, Issa got it and she'll let me know if anything changes. Um, I think for Molly to see her, you know, her, I think her work has been, you know, still the struggle with herself, you know, but I think she's, she's, she's working through the uncomfortable. And I think Issa has yet to kind of, in her relationships, kind of, find her way through the uncomfortable piece. Well, I mean, but we often find that in people in general. We find right. people who might invest more in friendships and they don't invest more in their yeah. romantic side. We, saw, we find people who invest in their romantic side, but they don't feel like they owe their friends anything, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. anything. And I think one of the great things about the show is that it shows relationships and work and investments should be a balance of all. Because you you have that amongst guys. Like guys don't feel like they need to invest and keep in a healthy relationship amongst each other. Cause yes, I know right. I was I wasn't taught that, right? You right. just kinda taught you get along with your homeboy until you don't get along with your homeboy. But guys need to invest in each other. And then sometimes men invest too much and then they think their woman just supposed to be present. And you have to learn how to do more when it comes to that too. Uh, what do you think about Molly not telling her job about her mom? I think she had uh she still was trying to prove herself and still trying to to fit in you know but i think it's coming from a again this deeply insecure place like you know trying to um i think juggling it all as as she's been taught to do and socialized to do but i think more so like I feel like if she felt like she had somebody to trust, I mean, of course we see this at the end, but I feel like she had someone to she trusted um, before, you know, they had the conversation with Torian, then I feel like she would have been able to share. So I think there were a lot of facets. Like, she hasn't been able to fit in. She hasn't been, you know, um, able to let her guard down in a way that she needed to let, to build that trust with, with her new partners. And then, um, in in part, then they didn't trust her. Like the trust, the, the trust issues are valid, but I feel like that's where it was coming from. No, um, but I think you know, at the end of the day, what we know is like that holding that kind of that weight in it just causes more stress and more anxiety, right? Like you have to be able to communicate to someone to know what's going on, you know, so you can at least be able to like take some stuff off your plate or have somebody else, you know, um, have your back on some project. So, yeah, I see Red said, you know, you, he wouldn't tell his job, his personal business either. But my thing is to not even tell them that you got something personal going on. You don't have right. to go into details, but yeah, it I, a family emergency. Yeah. But I think it also, um, know anything beyond that. But I think it also goes to the fact, Charlotte, you and I had these conversations on the side that, remember, Molly was at a white office, a firm before, mm -hmm. and now she's with a black firm, right? And oftentimes, when you are the black person in a white space, you subconsciously feel as if your spot would be taken. That's so true. you don't want to take no time off or take no days off because you are in this race and you feel like your spot, you, need to, you, you never feel that secure about your spot, per That's se. True no matter like high ranking you are. And one of the benefits of maybe being amongst a firm that's black, right, is, is being amongst people that are understanding or seeing other people that look like you and just not feeling that way to that level of right. feeling like everything's going to be taken from you. You're going to fall and things of that nature. And I think that plays a part, hence that retreat of being relaxed because they, 
and this is why, you know, I'm always going to be a geek for Easter's writing. They made a note to remind you that, you know, how Molly was because she was always, always referring to her last job. Exactly. And that's where my mental note comes in. Ooh, about that's this, a great point. Of how she was point. operating. And hence why she didn't want to tell anyone because of that. Because oftentimes we feel that way in our when we go into that work environment. And that's something that's a cultural thing that you have to be of this shade, you know, to understand. You know, and that's a great point. And even that scene, that scene was so good because I feel like them, uh, you know, telling her the issues that they had, like connecting with her, and then also at the same time extending the the offering to her to join, you know, join this community that we have with each other. Join, you know, us after, like, you know, where we can have these interpersonal, you know, outings and, and friendships and relationships um, that it doesn't have to be, you're not a robot here. You know what I'm saying? Like we see the totality of you and we don't hate you. We just need to let you know this is what we what it is here. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I really felt that was a really beautiful way and like very realistic of how black people will be like, yo, you were doing X, Y, Z and we you know, we just really trying to chill and relax. You wanna drink? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I mean but isn't that the benefit of having black faces in black spaces is to not right. feel as if you are this rare commodity that you have to entertain, you're in this zoo, and if you don't entertain, you won't be fed. You know, then, like, I just had another point. I'm sorry, but it made me think about this doing the work piece, right? Because I think a lot of times we don't think we need to do the work in a workplace, right? And so Molly just wanted everything to be rolled out to her in this new environment based off the experiences she had at this white firm. And everything she was asking for is probably doable, right? Like, but is it going to happen the first week she gets there? No. But she wanted to bring in DocuSign. You know, I, I've done that with with, with uh, companies before. Like you can you can do the work to make it happen, um, but it d does take work, you know. And um, to to have that integration of the conveniences of her old firm, but have this authentic safe space, you know, in her new firm. Yeah, I, I think that does speak to it. And I think even when they mention that hint of, yo, just go to Starbucks like the rest of us. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, you don't have to put down where you right. are, where you've been, because obviously you left, so you're here for a reason. So right. you, you right. don't have to do that. I mean, how are we thinking, though, when she's looking at her co-worker a little bit different, though? Hey, I, you know, I loved how natural it was that it wasn't Molly plotting or scheming or, you know, uh, all that. And I don't think that other person, I don't think Torian was either, right? I felt like it was just a natural, like, we can finally let our guards down. We finally can see people beyond just your title and, you know, this this facade that you've been putting on since you've been here and vice versa, that we can finally have this real human, you know, connection. And then, you know, hey, the things that you value, I value too. The things that, you know, are ambitious for you like I, I share those ambitions you know so i think there's a real common uh, analogy there i can see it working um if that's what they wanted to pursue and i felt like it was just it was good to see hey it was such a quick it was a quick slow character development like that that energy you know what I'm saying? Yeah. we've been touring over the last couple seasons playing in the background so to see him up front um and to really kind of take more of a, a lead role in this episode which is beautiful to see and it, and it didn't feel forced or 
anything. It was just, it was really good. Hey, I, I love him with the camera. Just like, just, it was good energy. Yeah, I think it's a testament to what happens when you stop looking for love the way it's supposed to be. Ooh. So like when you talked about the fact of like now your guard is let down. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times we go into relationship like you mentioned earlier about Molly going into attack mode all the time in relationships. When you stop thinking how it's supposed to be, like I'm supposed mm -hmm. to feel sparks, I'm supposed to because you've been told all this stuff. You've been told right. through fairy tales, TV shows, movies, rom-coms, everything of how something is supposed to be. When your guard is let down and you actually are seeing somebody for the first time, that is what it is. You, it's a it's a selfish pursuit. It's a it's, it's selfish, and that's okay for it to be like that. Like, this is how your story is supposed to be, if we're talking about them to be in a relationship. But listen, even if you're not saying they're going to be in a relationship, I think it's a testament to how relationships should be in that sense of stop going into something of how it's supposed to be. Like, these things are supposed to be lined up. Like, let your guard down. If you feel somebody, you feel somebody. And guess what? If it doesn't work out, that's fine. You have to put the guard back up. Like, that person didn't come in your house to steal your jewelry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we keep taking these walks of life that every time things don't come out the way you want, all of a sudden we got to change all our passwords and our mind. Listen. We got to do this mental shutdown instead of just understanding that these are just the bumps in the road and we can we should just be able to move on. But yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I love that. I love that. And I, I think, too, just Molly being in a more healed place, she is going to, you know, just attract what she needs. That's what, yeah. The attraction, yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, Andrew was cool, but it was still coming out of, uh, you know, she was still very much not dealing with her realities. You know, um, I feel like she's further along on her journey. We've seen her evolutions um, that she continues to make. And now, like, just seeing her be... Um, human is really refreshing and, and just sitting in that space. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I am also too. But do we have any predictions? Because we see that she didn't go and talk um, Issa. She didn't go and talk to Condola and Lawrence, right? So her brain is playing with her. Do they have that conversation? Do they not have that conversation? What do you think, Gay? I think uh, Issa is bound to um reach out to Lawrence because it's too much unresolved stuff there, you know, or Issa's in. So if Issa was Charlene. <laughs> how, how, how do we <laughs> how do we get here, Char? How do we get I'm to saying, um, you coming around to Lawrence, I'm coming around to Nate. Like, how do we get here, though? What's, what's no, I'm this saying, role switch? Dog, like, not to say get back with him, just to get this Res re residual whatever that is out you know and that's I think sometimes can be beneficial um but Issa you know Issa walked away from him uh episode one of this season she was just like nah so she yeah. has to sit with that she needs to she needs a journal or something like so what led to that decision making you know what I'm saying um, so she can revisit that in the future. Uh, but, you know, Ray had mentioned that, you know, he felt like Issa never liked Nathan. I don't think that's a true statement. I think she, she, she was, um, 
she was she was rude by Nathan initially, and I think in some parts I don't know I don't know so I I don't know. Well, I I think, but I, I think, do agree with you. Whatever route she takes is going to require work, and we haven't seen that level of work in Issa ever. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when it comes to both of them, Issa and Lawrence, they both was really filling the other two people. Lawrence was really feeling Condola. Issa was really feeling Nathan until he ghosted. And Lawrence was really feeling Condola until she didn't want him on that same level. So like they both had the best intentions. They both was feeling that individual until it didn't turn out the way they both wanted. Now what we're seeing is the residue of all of that. So I think it was, a, I definitely think Issa was feeling Nathan at one point. I think she could potentially feel him now, but no relationship is going to work out if you still think about the last. That's it just, that just that just ain't gonna happen. I don't care. That's That's you can be in love with this person right here, but to what you just said, certain things just aren't resolved. And here's the thing, though, too: a lot of times you're not gonna be able to resolve that. Well, that's real. I so mean, you gotta re you gotta figure out. Yeah, you gotta figure idea. out how you're gonna resolve that in your head, or go to therapy and have conversations and all the other stuff you need to do because not everything is gonna be this conversation of what happened. Some things are just going to end, but you are not gonna be able to move forward with a Nathan with anyone, if you still think about what happened and your coulda, woulda, shoulda's behind you, that ain't going to happen. That's real. That's real. Um, what was the other question about Molly and Torian? Oh, I was just saying, do you think that that's going to, that can potentially go somewhere? Yeah, I think so. And I think that'll be good. I don't know. The only, the only hesitancy is by working with, working with someone that you're in a relationship with, like especially that close. But yeah. um, outside of that, like, so I got nothing else in the way. Like, <laughs> I see everybody else is gonna be broken up, and then Molly might be the only one in a relationship. Ooh. When the show started off, everybody was in a relationship but Molly. Ooh. The show might end with everybody out of relationship except for Molly. Molly get married at the last episode. Molly get married the last episode, and everybody just be like, "This is how it is." You know what I mean? Yeah. Reception for Molly, uh, a virtual reception. Red, Red, yeah, you want to join? I'm, I'm gonna let Red do <laughs> I'm scared, Red. I'm gonna let you join if you're still here. Um, and see if he has any predictions for, uh, and we can close out. Yeah, I think the predictions would be dope. Red, good evening, my What's friend. Up, brother? How you doing, Fred? Long time no see. Long time no see. Long time no see. I'm just listening to the conversation, and I'm so perturbed by the both of you. <laughs> wait, wait. Let me go Google that real quick. <laughs> we I, got I, a few minutes before we shut down, Red. We don't need a thesis, though. I'm so, I'm so oh, perturbed bother. on why you believe that Nathan and Issa could be a compatible couple because they showed us episode after episode that it's just not working. Like Nathan dubbed this woman twice and then is already arguing with her and not even telling his feelings. He'd rather tell his boys of what's happening instead of her. And she's wondering why he's not being consistent and communicating. That's a lot. You said so much right there, Ray. Okay, so the question is, do you think that Issa... Is going to end up with Lawrence or Nathan or someone Absolutely, else? because Lawrence tried to propose to Issa, has a ring on deck, but chose not to do it because she found he found out that she was cheating. 
still has said ring. He asked Issa to go to L.A., I mean, go to San Francisco, but he never asked his baby mama to do that. Has the crib in the apartment, <laughs> waiting for that to happen. <laughs> but he's moved back, back, he back to L.A. now. Yeah, hey. now, he's back, now he's back in L.A. because of the circumstances. And he's still thinking about her. <laughs> and well, and I, still, I mean, yeah, that's Issa a lot. Already, and Issa already has showed us throughout this episode in particular that she still is in love with Lawrence. She's been hallucinating about this man and what he's got going on scene after scene after segment after segment. And now she's looking at Nathan crazy. Obviously, they want to have a conversation. And it's going to end up, the ring is here. Lawrence is going to propose. Issa's going to feel some kind of way about it. Wherever that goes is wherever that goes. Nathan was a placeholder. Always was. Always would have been. You don't cry in somebody's mouth and talk about you love them. That's weird. It's weird. Um, I don't know about that one. But what you I will cry, say is... You don't um, cry in somebody's mouth talking about you love somebody else. Who's going to who's, who's go around telling everybody that, though? <laughs> nobody's going to go around telling nobody that. Nobody's going to go around and be like, hey, yo, Red, guess what happened today, man? I cried in somebody's mouth and told him I love him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a conversation <laughs> we're going to have at the bar while we're taking shots. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, people don't She told that. him in bed, I didn't know it would be so hard after all of that. Like, so, so you're telling me what you're telling me. You're telling me that. Okay. Like, that's real. Okay, so Red. So what's the prediction for Molly and Torian? As far as Molly, I find it weird that Molly has no male friends, that any man that shows her affection, she wants to sexualize them. She did it with Lil Rel. She did it with pretty much every guy that she's been around, man. Like, it's, what it's, about the men? Are they not attracted to her as well? It's a work. Lil came on to her. It's a working. And Terrell she has friends, Lawrence. Uh, I don't know. It, Those it, other. It's a working relationship. We're working this close. We're trying to have a good rapport because we don't really know you like that. You're the new person in the office, and already we're seeing that you're a misturn up when you're drinking around like that, like. You're showing characteristics. I won't say what those characteristics are, but you're showing characteristics in the workplace. It's going to be a bad situation if you keep mixing business with pleasure. And she's done it before. It's a pattern now. I don't know if I can say on that because at this point, she's been at that job for at least two years. Because remember, it was a whole year that passed. So it's not like it happened like within the first 90 days and she was popping her knees. And even so, she was at a retreat. And I don't think that that's her relationship because like what Charlotte said, like they're all friends from college. So she has male friends. But I hear your point that she don't have that one that she's always having conversations with. But neither does Issa. Issa doesn't have no one guy friend that she's always having conversations with that's platonic. Yeah, I think it centers, it centers the women friendships for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that, that might be speaking to a bigger issue, but they both, neither one of them have that, per se. She tried to have that with Nathan, and then we see where we are now, episode six. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just seems a little bit weird that it's just, like, so often that Molly is caught in the same predicament over and over. Issa, not so much. Like, granted, she doesn't have, like, too too many male companions to confide into. like her Or jobs. Family like her, her brother or things like jobs, things like that, you know, like land, like land, landlords, whatever the case. But it's just that Molly is like, she's always in this constant downward spiral of trying to be able to find this balance. And this balance is just not helping her out because she keeps confiding in people that eventually 
like you give him a brownie or something like he's just trying to be helpful to this Crenshaw person or whatever the case may be to help out the business because you know self-serving whatever that may be but somebody tries to help her at work and all of a sudden you give him the googly eyes like it's like calm down like like we're we're over here uh, trying to Issa had sex with one of her residents when she was a resident manager, yo. Like, I mean, listen, everything you say, Issa's done the same thing. Like, I'm not seeing where one person did it. I mean, Issa And I don't feel like Molly had did that. She didn't have sex with him. She she acknowledged that there was uh it was a mutual chemistry and then she pulled out, like she pulled away from it. You know what I'm saying? She didn't go through. I think a, a older version of Molly would have we would have seen the after effects of that but you know i think she exercised discernment you can't help sometimes when you bump into people and then they're like oh wow like i didn't know you know she has shown growth she has shown growth like i remember a few seasons before Issa tried to hook her up with like an asian dude that that she was a colleague of and then she started calling her jackie chan she didn't want to deal with it and now a few episodes later we're seeing her with andrew right. and then and that turned into a whole thing like that. So maybe she's trying to learn from her ways, but she's still a work in progress like everybody else is. I mean, it could be a possibility that Issa doesn't end up with none of them and then end up with the Crenshaw guy. Ooh, I'm damn. See, see, that was the thing. I was wondering, yeah. like... <laughs> oh, you're down? See, this Kofi, see, this Kofi person is somebody that apparently a lot of women are into these days. So therefore, you're putting somebody like this on a show that's women-centric. Obviously, he has to be like a love interest in some fashion or form because it's but not going to be Brian Davis. I'm, I love that they have not played that card yet. You know what I'm saying? And they may not play it. But I think uh, it kind of goes back to this thing Jay Hall said earlier about doing the work and what we saw Issa uh, with Crenshaw, that he gave her an invitation to, hey, let's have this conversation. What I needed from you was an apology. And for you to acknowledge what happened and the impact that it had on me, like, I feel like you didn't have my back. And instead of doing that, she says she's going to take her brownies back. That's a, a complete disengage from, like, the actual issue that was being presented to her. Um, so I think there's there's still, like you said, everybody's still on the journey. Um, I do love the pace of this because, you know, I think, Jay, we had talked initially about how fast things are going. But I think right now either I'm used to it and, like, I'm expecting, like, a lot of development within this 30 minutes. And... Um, like to kind of see, but it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't seem like um, the Wire season five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why you got to jab one? Why can't we just stay right here? Because now I'm about to argue about the Wire season five because I mentioned. But no, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It doesn't feel that way. Although in no strange way, this episode felt shorter than the usual um, than than the most. But I hear what you're saying. It does feel like a natural. Last week, this week I felt like it was last like episode. Last episode last week was short. Was Very short, short. I, I felt that way about this one. Enough, enough meat in it. <clears throat> I hear you. I hear you. I definitely felt that way about this one, but I do think we all got to leave the door open that it can be a possibility that nobody ends up with nobody. Like the show doesn't That's technically true. have to be about somebody ending up with someone. Because I heard Issa say in an interview when she was like, you know, the way they had to draw the finale was the understanding that these people are going to live their life. We're not. We're not writing characters who are about to end. And so Ooh. I think we all should leave the door open that it's not necessarily have to end with them like getting married and living happily ever after. It could end with just a breakup, but you're going on to a job in Arizona or something like that. Like we have to understand like there's a possibility of that, but we're so used to in sitcoms it being this grand ending. And anything that Insecure has showed us is that it is a very much so reality-based show 
and it could end with just like oh your happiness is just you just driving off and you being able to order this hot dog from a stand that you never ordered from before and, and that could just be insecure's ending i agree and i was gonna say that um that i felt like you know maybe there's you know a conversation about what does happening look like happiness look like and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know centered around a relationship and, and especially for black women you know centering around men the ring is coming 100 percent. i see it hmm? the ring is coming from lawrence the ring is oh, coming yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh yeah like like i mean I, I i hear you i hear you but i want you to keep in mind like me and charlotte said last week how it how lawrence was really into Cadola at one point yeah. Like we have to keep we we all we all kind of forget like this dude was cooking for her and all like he was That's into true. her until she shut him down. Yeah. If that That's door true. opens again, there's a possibility he might be emotionally invested. And I'm Team Lawrence. I want to see him Easter, but dude was really into Cadola at one point. Yeah. That is true. I like once again like you know I like to use words in a certain way. So when I say the ring is coming. The ring is coming. Does it have to be accepted? Don't know. But the ring is coming. What you do with it is up in the air. I mean, well, you know. Okay. I agree. <laughs> Next week takes us on this ride. Um, thanks so much for uh, joining us, Red. We appreciate your commentary. Uh, of course, thank you, Jay Hall, for you know all that you do to anchor this conversation and i hope everyone has a great week uh i guess we're doing the hard work that's that's jay's challenge to us all to do the work do the maintenance in your relationships in your friendships and in your career all right y'all have a great week and we'll see y'all back here next sunday peace appreciate y'all <laughs>